0: Oh, oh,
1: it's him! It's really, really him!
0: His Holiness, the Dolly Jeffafa. Namaste. Namaské. Oh, enlighten one! Enlighten one! Yes, my child. What wise words of wisdom do you have for mankind? Nomaske, nomaske. The immune system in me recognizes the immune system in you. Nomaske.
1: Wow!
0: Nomaske, nomaske. Smile and breathe well, my child. Nomaske. No masque. He might really be on to something.
2: Three, two, one.
1: Shut up and sit down. <laughs>
0: Blast off. Aye. Hello, I'm TV actor and host Jeff Sandor, and welcome to episode 11 of They Still Live. This is a Patriot podcast where we all come together in the middle of the road and we chat about anything and everything. And sometimes we even say some of the most outrageous stuff that most people can only think about, but don't actually have the guts to say out loud. So let's get to know each other, shall we? Joining us this episode, he is a film graduate of Full Sail University. He's the owner of Dias Media LLC Production and Marketing Agency, and he's been working in the film and TV industry for many, many years. Please welcome Mr. Adam Dias. What's up, buddy? So glad to be on here. I know. Long time no speak to, man. We go back, what, 11, 12 years,
3: something like that? Yeah, almost 12 years now, I think. Yeah. So we we were on a a film set together. You were a stuntman slash actor, and I was a lonely little PA and was getting paid jack crap to be there right? Just
0: <laughs> be the company. that's all right i got paid jack crap on that gig too brother it's all good <laughs> yeah i imagine hey you're a man after my own heart brother speaking of great men after my own heart say hello to talk show and radio host the iconic mr vinny b what's up vinny
2: oh not too much it's a nice labor day weekend and actually got some nice weather for once i'll get a chance to enjoy some cool air in the mountains here right Just
0: bring some of that cool down here. I am so over summer. And let's see, bringing some reason to this motley crew. Please welcome back political science major and special educator, Ms. Linda Fenton. Welcome back, Linda.
4: Thank you for having me, Jeff. Happy to be here. Hello, Adam. Hi, Linda.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Linda, how how are you feeling? You feeling pretty lucky this evening? You think trivia is going to go good
3: for you?
4: Oh, I get to be the first one to say it. I'm terrible at trivia. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to win.
3: Well, not with that attitude. Oh, well,
0: that's the magic words, Adam. <laughs> magic words. She just won the damn trivia.
1: Thank you. Good night, <laughs> <out>, everyone.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are on. We've got uh, definitely a diverse uh, group of, of people in some, well, in some degree. And in some, we've got a lot of commonality. And I think we're going to start back with... Uh, I'd like to come back to the religion and spirituality from the last episode. I know Adam and Linda, you weren't uh, on it, but I do feel like you guys would have a lot to contribute to that. And I'll open it up with my uh, religious experience. Uh, I started off, uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist home uh, on my mom's side. My dad was, uh, came from more of a Catholic upbringing. He was an Italian from Pittsburgh. But he was not at all a very religious guy. My mom, super hellfire and brimstone, and uh, but she didn't really she didn't really force me to ever to go to church. But I started to go to church when I was in my teens, and I didn't have the greatest experiences in the church. Uh, what about you guys? Have you guys had any weird experiences in, in church, or I don't know any kind of things that just kind of went awry for
3: you in your religion okay. uh, I had a very similar experience that you did uh, Jeff I grew up in Southern Baptist um, but I'm my sorry. granddad was a pastor and my mom wasn't quite as religious but they that's where my mom and dad met was at church Um. so yeah I didn't have great you know, experience with church either, and I was inundated with it, and there was a lot of expectations there, and then I had uh, childhood cancer, which we can come back to later. I don't want to touch too much on that right now, but there was a lot of, you know, everybody that came visit me and all that. I got all the prayers, and, you know, I got pastors from all over coming to visit me and doing all this stuff, so there was a lot of expectation for me to be religious, and it just never clicked with me. I didn't really necessarily have bad experiences with religion, but I was mm-hmm. just like over it. You know what I mean? Like I was so eager to explore everything else that was out there and know about as much stuff as possible that it just never really made sense to me or clicked to me. And I just did, did you get that did
0: you get that speech that I got in church where they stand up there and they say, now talking to the a lot of the youth and I was at that time, they would say, now many of you are going to fall away and you're going to turn your back on the church and God? But some of you, you know, will stay the course. And I remember sitting there feeling like just so confident. I was like, not me. Not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fall away. I'm yeah. not going to turn back on this. And uh, years later, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> did. Did you get that kind of spiel? Because I was in a oh, Southern yeah. back church.
1: Oh, yeah. What, what
0: was there. that like? What was that like for you, Adam, hearing that? I mean, how did you react? Because that was my reaction was I was thinking I was going to be something that it wasn't.
3: That was the part that really didn't click for me. It was like, I I can sum it up. And this is through multiple conversations. I've kind of been able to sum it up with my thought was always that, you know, the communication between myself and God was like a super personal, uh, spiritual thing. And what I was being, told to believe didn't ring true with me. So I was like, why would I need somebody else to tell me what God's telling me? You know what I mean? And then why would I need to go through all run through all these hoops and do all these things that they're telling me to do when I can just follow my heart? Like I I feel, I know in, in my heart what's right and wrong and what I should be doing. And I think I would be better served, you know, better serving God by just living my life the best I can.
0: Do you think you need a religion for that to know right and wrong and live your life that way?
3: Depends on how
0: you define religion, you know? Well, let's just say Southern Do you you have to be Southern Baptist? Do you have to be Catholic? Do you have to have a belief in God? Can you be a good atheist?
3: Yeah, Uh, uh, or agnostic, you know, and just, you don't have a rigid, organized belief system, but you believe in a higher power or, or you believe in a greater energy and you believe in things beyond yourself, you know, whether you call it God or whatever, but having that communication with that in your heart and your subconscious, you know, your consciousness, um, I think is the most important thing. And I think the the setting of values that, you know, the base of what religion is, is, is important for like teaching right and wrong and all that stuff. But really that comes down to your, you know, your, your heart, you know, are you moral or not, you know, are you told moral things or not, you know, so that's, I don't, I'm not a, you know, advocate of, organized religion at all like of any form because I think it's right. it's more hindering than it is helpful to me
0: yeah it can be it can be Linda what's your what says you what's been your experience did you grow up in the church or you know are you a religious person you don't mind mind chiming in on it
4: I did grow up in church um, Pentecostal holiness
0: oh wow so what was that like
4: <laughs> uh, crazy <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I got to <laughs> tell me about that, because me, being me, and Adam coming from the Southern Baptist upbringing, we we've heard a few things about you Pentecostals. So break right. it down for us.
4: Well, now I didn't go to church in one of the snake handling Pentecostal. All <laughs> that would have been cool, but that wasn't us. You,
0: you weren't kissing cobras.
4: I was not
0: okay. I okay, might,
4: though, it depends. It depends. But I they might- do
0: that though, right? They do that at Pentecostal or no? Is that Pentecostal? Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe there
4: are some Pentecostal Holiness churches who are snake handlers, but I didn't. But not I didn't your ever witness it.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: The, yeah. the churches that we went to were um, very animated. Uh, the preaching was fire and brimstone every single Sunday. You went three times a week. You went on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and again on Wednesday evening. Um, that there was a lot of like. Like the, the preacher would march while he was, when he was getting all riled up, he'd be marching his feet. Like,
0: like a soldier. Yes.
4: Like, like a soldier of left, God right, and, left and preaching the, like this, this booming voice getting louder and louder and louder and people, you know, amen and, and praising, and, you know, that, that you could just feel the energy rising as the sermon <laughs> continued. So how some, did that,
0: how did that make you feel? sitting in the
4: middle of that it's kind of hard because back then when i was a child you know we weren't the children weren't separated from the parents and put in a room somewhere else to have like kid service (coughs) in the evenings that happened on sundays during the day but it didn't happen in the evening services we were expected to sit in the pews with the adults so there would be a lot of kids falling asleep on the on the pews and you know, kids with just wide eyes looking around, because sometimes those sermons would be talking about serious things that kids couldn't possibly understand. Uh, and it can be scary to, to witness. And, you know, my sister was five years younger than me. So sometimes I would look over at her and she would just look terrified. Uh, women would speak in tongues. It, I say women because it typically was women that I witnessed doing it that I can recall.
5: Do you believe in that?
4: Speaking in tongues? Yeah. I don't know, because something weird happened during one of those services, and I'm still not sure to this day whether it was real or not. But I can remember the pastor was standing there. He was saying some, I don't remember what he was saying or what he was talking about, but he said, somebody is going to translate. No, somebody is going to speak the Lord's word and then pointed to someone else and said, and she's going to translate it. And my sister was, I think she was maybe four, turned white as a sheet and just started like babbling all kinds of craziness loud enough for everybody to hear it. And my wow. mother kept saying, You have, she kept saying, Shh, Diana, you got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. Shh. And it lasted for about maybe a minute and a half. And then she stopped. And then there was like this brief pause. And then someone else in the room started talking. And talking about something that wasn't really related to what the pastor had just been talking about. So I don't know if my sister at that age was repeating what she had seen other people do in church, which is possible for a child that age. I don't know. It, That's it, freaky. That is very for, freaky. Well, I'm still freaked out about it today. And I was like nine, I think. Yeah. When
0: I, I had a friend when I was growing up. This kid lived about a block and a half from me and we used to hang out and play after school. I mean, we would play together after school and he lived with his grandmother and his mom lived there too. It was, it was a broken home kind of situation. His grandmother was Pentecostal and she was really, she was very, she seemed like she was really, really old. I mean, she just looked like she was a hundred years old. So she was frightening to look at anyway, as a little (laughs) kid. All right. She looked like the Crip keeper, but this lady, She would get so worked up, like she'd get pissed off at my buddy or us, you know, outside playing, being hooligans, whatever we do. When she would get spun up, she'd start talking in tongues at us. And I'll never forget hearing this lady do that. And it scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what in the world. I didn't know if she was having a fucking stroke. I didn't know what was going on with this lady. But I was like, this is weird. I got to go. (laughs)
4: I don't know it's my understanding that when someone is speaking tongues it's supposed to be a message that's being delivered from God and you're the vessel that's delivering it and then there's supposed to be someone there and I don't know the scripture because I'm not that into it but it's my understanding that the scripture is that when someone speaks in tongues there's supposed to be someone else that gets the message in the language to share it so that the whole room knows what they were saying at least yeah. that's the way i was taught so well, if this I, woman was speaking tongues at you and then not telling you what it meant i would question whether or not she was speaking in tongues <laughs> to
0: well me. i i don't know what language she was speaking <laughs> i don't know if it was a message from god but i'm pretty sure if it
3: was he was cussing us I'm just saying. <laughs> the message in- from god was get the hell out of there, Jeff.
1: <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs>
3: yeah, he, he
0: didn't have to tell me twice after that freaking stroke right. of an episode. Oh right. my goodness. Vinny, what What about you, my man? Did you uh you grow up uh, Catholic or, or what?
2: Yeah, I was raised Catholic, going to church every Sunday, and went to Catholic school through the eighth grade, so I didn't need to go to Sunday school or anything like that altar boy all that good stuff and uh it enhanced my faith in god but i think once i got old enough and i got away from the organized religion part so i really didn't go to church till just one night in on a july 4th weekend i think i showed you the pictures of uh my car oh yeah
0: that was the great alcohol story uh and the uh
2: yeah well, on the f- i did go to church that day <laughs> So that was a Saturday night, Sunday morning escapade there. And I did go to church and thank the Lord for keeping me alive through that. And uh, as far as like Adam says, organized religion uh, as a child, maybe it's good for you. I didn't go in through any of those horrific experiences that uh, you or Linda went through or, uh, you know, as far as uh, getting barked at or screamed at. I That that was, that was what boot camp was for. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I was in third grade, my parents had moved to uh, New Jersey from Philadelphia and enrolled in me in the Catholic school. And all the nuns uh, were Maltese or Italian. So they'd be talking amongst themselves in, in a foreign language. Well, one of the nuns happened to come into our classroom and uh, one of them came in and started saying something Italian. Well, I was raised bilingual. Italian was my second language. So I knew what, exactly what that lady, what that nun, was saying. So at the end of the class, I said, "I know what you were talking about." And she goes, "What do you mean?" And I translated everything word for word, and they go,
0: "Uh-uh." Okay. What do we say around here? Damn, man! You man, you could have kept that under your head. You would have had so much shit on those women. You could have got by with straight A's all year.
4: Speaking fact. Well. Back, <laughs>
2: They, they spread it around to the other nuns that I knew Italian and they'd all come up.
0: then they'd all start talking to me in Italian so.
1: <laughs> man I
4: think Latin.
0: you know what the biggest miracle but, uh, I, I witnessed Vinny was you getting through the, the the part where you were an altar boy and you had no jokes to make <laughs> you made no <laughs> jokes at all I was like that
2: miracle oh, wait. in and of I, didn't, I didn't experience any of that backdoor catechism <laughs> you hear about
0: now Thank you. There it is. There it goes. I was, go. was or going or whatever it is
1: <laughs> and and that kind of turned me in. off
0: at the Catholic
2: Church when I heard about all this uh, yeah. child molestation and pedophilia going on. It's like you know, do I really want to hang around with that group of people? You think they would be pious and things like that, and yeah. you know, and here it's a bunch of cornholers. There's a
0: lot of interesting stuff, uh, particularly with people who plummet well i don't i shouldn't say the word plummet but who delve that deeply into religion and take on the kind of roles that, and the kind of lifestyles that's necessary to keep up that appearance in those roles it's pretty wild stuff oh speaking of wild stuff and appearances please welcome the late great world traveler massage therapist writer mr chase shoe mate Woo-hoo. <laughs> sneaking, Me, I'm sneaking, in, sneaking oh, I'm- in the back door at the <laughs> end of the day
2: well, yeah,
5: I wouldn't say the back door. Okay, <laughs>
0: I'll put you back on the scorecard, man. So if, I'm sure you've probably figured out uh, we're talking we're talking our upbringing in, in church and religion. Religion. Yeah. yeah, where where did you start out? Were you like Adam and I, Southern Baptist guys? Southern Baptist, man, you got it. So what was what was your experience growing up around that?
5: It was interesting to say the least. I, I learned, I learned a lot looking back on it. So, kind of opposite but similar to Vinny, uh, I went to for first grade. I went to a Christian school. Uh, I was a private school, and uh, it's funny because I remember there was one girl that got spankings every single day. So my teacher would have to go across the hall to the other first grade teacher, get her, and they take her into the, the little speaking in the back room. Speak her into, take her into the back room, and then they'd give her a spanking for whatever she had done, you know, wrong for the day. Uh, but it was it was interesting because just some of the the rules and regulations growing up were never really explained. It was do this, don't do this, and you know, there, there was really never any good explanation of why it was. Well, the Bible says so, and that was just kind of. That was the law. You don't break it. It's kind of like the Germans. It's black or white. There is no in between (laughs) the speed limit. Seventy five. You don't go any any faster. You just don't.
0: Did you Uh, have any weird did you have any weird stuff thrown at you? Like, for example, uh, my lady, she grew up in a Christian school and they told her that if she said that she hated anybody, she was going to go to hell. And that, like, fucking traumatized her as a kid. Have you, did you have any of those experiences?
5: I don't recall anything. If it was, it didn't stand out to me. Uh, the Kind of the only thing that really stands out was don't have sex before marriage. That was kind of drilled into us as kids. But, again, it wasn't ever really – we weren't given a good reason why. And it was also kind of don't do drugs. And it was just – follow the, follow the rules of what the Bible says and again, I just looking back on it, it uh, we just weren't ever really given a good reason why. It just mm-hmm. so I, I didn't have any crazy experiences. I just as I grew older, I just saw that there was a lot of hypocrisy in in organized religion and I am more spiritual now, I believe, and I have a, a deeper faith than I did when I was actually attending church on a regular basis.
0: What do you attribute uh, that to? I
5: actually am, am trying to, I don't want to say figure it out, but I'm trying to make sense of all the things that I was taught and uh, actually sitting down and meditating. And, and if I read a particular scripture in the Bible, actually trying to put it in context and look at it from the bigger picture and looking at it also from what was the author of that particular book trying to portray in the context of that? Who was he writing the letter to? And how how applicable is that particular teaching today? Because I mm-hmm. think there's too many people that take what's written in the Bible or even any other ancient texts uh, too literal, and they, they try to directly apply it to today. And I don't think that that's necessarily... Uh, I don't want to say it's right or wrong, but there's just some things that are not applicable. And there are some Dude, things sometimes that... it's
0: a fucking square peg going into a circle. It just I, don't yeah. fit. <laughs> um, panel, I'm going to throw this at everybody. I want you uh, just think for a little bit at what point where you're at now, spiritually chase. I know you gave a great kind of update where you're at, but think about what kind of put you on the path to where you're at now. If you fell away from church, what was it? What made you fall away? Put that in the back of your nuggets. We're going to, we're going to continue this delicious discussion right after a little bit of they still live trivia. And then we're going to get in some nitty gritty politicking. Well, it's my favorite time, everybody. It's they still live trivia time. All right, everybody, we're going to start off. I'm going to start off uh, with Mr. Chase, and uh, I'll go Chase, Linda, Adam, Benny. Chase, for round one, who was Sports Illustrated's first female sports person of the year? This goes way back.
5: Man, I never read Sports Illustrated, so I'm right. not going to have, have you, any good answer.
0: give you a hint. It's a tennis player. Female tennis player makes it even worse.
1: Oh, I know <laughs> exactly who it is.
5: <laughs> I'm gonna guess Bugs Bunny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Billie Jean King. Yeah, Billie Jean King. that lady was a badass, man. I tell
3: you that was a good movie
0: too. Yeah, yeah, but Bugs Bunny was a good guess. I I do I am a big fan of his tennis game
1: yeah
0: Yeah. miss linda round one question for you what Uh american beer has been long promoted as the king of beers
4: Mm, i don't drink beer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, beer that you don't drink that has been long promoted as the king of beers
4: my first thought was budweiser
0: well, it's always good to go with the first thought. I mean, I shoot in the hip. What's your final answer?
4: I guess Budweiser. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: well, you suck at trivia, Linda. <laughs> I
4: know. <laughs> I've
0: been I right along. This
4: was Old Milwaukee.
0: Oh, that's some shit beer. That that was like <laughs> that's like the fucking piss beers. Come on, now you can't.
4: My ugly no.
1: <laughs> you get me a old and
4: I'd be like, okay.
0: <laughs> You're not a real old school gangster unless you have a Paps. All right,
1: <laughs>
0: you're welcome. Today, still live trivia question is: Galileo was the citizen of which country?
3: Galileo,
1: which yep, country? The In- famous oh. Galileo. What was it? Italy?
3: Hey.
0: Ah, man. All right, Vanny pressure's on. Yeah, I know. Which country is the largest producer of vanilla? Good
1: gosh.
2: Which country is the largest producer of vanilla? Hmm.
0: Good fucking luck. I know it's <laughs> Yeah. Where did the
4: vanilla
2: Brazil?
0: No, sorry, Benny. It's Madagascar. I would have never oh, guessed wow.
2: Madagascar.
0: Madagascar, yes sir.
4: Because that's what everyone would guess, right? Madagascar? You know, I was
0: thinking about, thinking about the rocking. Note? Yeah, <laughs> just rolling off the tongue. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that was a weird one. All right, Chase. Who performs the character of Mark Zuckerberg in the movie The Social Network? Ooh, I have no idea. I haven't seen that movie. Take a guess. Give me an actor who you think would have would have played Mark Zuckerberg.
5: I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Ben Affleck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. It was uh, not one of the world's worst Batman. The answer is Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah.
5: Darn. That was
0: my next guess. You know, I saw him... I, I saw Jesse in this interview and he was such an asshole to the girl that was interviewing. Like he didn't like how the questions, the way she had written the questions or he didn't like her tempo or there was some real minuscule thing that he got all bent out of shape for. I felt so bad for that little girl. It's terrible. Lost a lot of respect for Mr. Eisenberg. Linda. Oh,
4: <laughs>
0: what is the <laughs> um, fruit that has its seeds on the outside.
4: You the fruit question again.
0: <laughs> the fruit question, again, <laughs> sweetie. All right, let's get this one.
4: Don't. Last time the answer was apple, and I was like, I was so dumb not to know that because you bought for apples. That's what I yeah. thought. After because they float. Are there,
0: any, are there any? Are there any? Are there? Are there any seeds on the apple on the outside of it? No. That's probably not the answer you want to go with. I'm just. That's your hint.
4: <laughs> On the outside.
0: Yeah, you'll kick yourself for not knowing this. It's it's so painfully obvious. Take a guess. Oh, yes, strawberries. Yes. See, if you'd have missed that, that, would you not have? You'd have been mad at yourself all night for that one. I
4: would have, for sure.
0: You can't miss a berry question.
4: Well, I'm still mad about the apple.
0: I can tell. (laughs) I hope by season two you'll be over it so we can move on to another fruit.
4: I don't know. I can hold on to a grudge against myself for a real long time.
0: (laughs) Well, Maybe we'll get picked up uh, for season three as well. I don't know. We'll see. Adam, what is the only metal that is liquid at normal atmospheric pressure and temperature? That is liquid
3: at normal atmospheric pressure.
0: Yep, liquid
3: metal. What would it be? Hmm, that's a difficult one.
0: I'll give you a hint, man. They uh uh they may use it in vaccines.
3: Oh, zinc? No. Mercury. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Shouldn't on that. That's all right, man.
0: That's all right. That was a tricky that's,
4: one. You could have given him the thermometer hint.
0: That would've been too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then Chase would have been all pissed off Like, hey, you're giving him all these great hints And I'm not giving <laughs> great hints You give me shit, I get shit
1: hits. Who, <laughs> Jesse Who's Jesse yeah,
0: <laughs> that's what I have to listen to post post the show You guys aren't on for that, you know Alright, Vinny
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Let's see Who was the only U.S. president To resign
2: Richard Milhouse Nixon. <laughs> I am not I am not
0: a crook <laughs> old Tricky Dick himself.
4: For the record, I don't think he was as bad as all that. Poor guy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> for the record, in case anyone was wondering.
0: Yes. Hopefully Trump will pardon him for his crimes.
4: Oh my gosh, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. The media's head would explode.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, that actually... He,
2: he really wasn't convicted of any crime, so technically he should doesn't need
0: to be pardoned. Nothing? Not... Not even a fucking speeding ticket, parking ticket, nothing. Man. Well, that I don't know about. Well, I guess he wasn't as bad as they say. I don't know. Uh, Chase. No, I, I promise you I'll you give. They could have pardoned. Chase, I'll give you. A, I'll say this, I promise.
1: For the EPA,
0: if Vinny will let me, I, I promise I'm going to give you a good hint. Right.
1: Okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Ah, fuck. Okay, your question is in which city did Hitler commit suicide? Oh, man. Which city did did Hitler commit suicide?
5: Nine, 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 nine. That doesn't help me, Jeff. (laughs) I didn't
0: say you were (laughs) going to get a great fucking hint. I just said I'd give you a hint. I can't. (laughs) I don't know. Berlin. Berlin is what I'm looking for. Berlin. Reminds me of that Billy Joel song. We didn't start the fire. All right. Chase, you're out of it. Yeah. At the... Going into round three, let's see. Linda, you're winning. Adam's down one, Vinny. You're tied with Adam, so this might be the final round for you guys. Get him, Linda. All right, Linda. Get your claws out. In ancient Greece... Throwing an apple at someone was a declaration of what?
4: War? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, sorry.
1: Love.
0: Love.
4: That was my second guess, but I like war better.
0: Well, I liked that it was an apple question and you got to uh, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the apple thing. Yep. If yep. You ask
4: about an apple, I'm going to lose every time.
0: That grudge just got bigger, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. Apples is not going to be on the menu at Linda's house. No. Adam, your trivia question is, who wrote songs for the Lion King? Elton John. You know it. Correct. Elton John. Woo. Uh Uh-oh. Linda and Adam are going to sudden death. All right. Are you going to join them? Let's see. Vinny, what U.S. newspaper is nicknamed The Gray Lady? It's a Northeastern publication.
2: I guess uh, the New York Times.
0: You are correct. Good job. You know what that means sudden death. Bum, bum, bum. All right, then you mm-hmm. uh, your sudden death question. What is the real first name of Marilyn Monroe?
4: Norma Jean.
0: Nice. Welcome to the championship lane, Linda. You suck at trivia. Let's see if she, <laughs> let's see if she's gonna have any company. We'll see here. Adam. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What? Is an ice hockey
3: puck made from? You know this? I've shot some hockey footage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it was uh, like HD and you blew it up and you looked at it, what would what uh, material would you guess that's made from?
3: No, I think it's made out of. Uh, Uh, wait, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's rubber. I know. It's rubber. Oh, I, was, I was like rubber.
0: I was that rubber. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. That's all right, Adam. That's all right. All right, Vinny.
2: It's a fun game.
0: Let's see if you can join Linda in the winner's circle with this one. Apple's CEO, or should I say, former CEO Steve Jobs. Was known for wearing what color turtleneck shirt?
2: Oh boy, let me think here. White.
0: Oh, sorry, black. Black. He was a man in black. No. That was all right. That was. You made it to the end there, Vinny, So that was good. And let's, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Miss Linda Fenton.
1: Yay! Congrats, Linda.
0: What? Well, you. Linda, you suck at trivia. I just want to say suck that.
4: At just, <laughs> guys, did. just remember next time, just say a <laughs> at trivia, you'll
0: win.
2: Yeah, you're the
0: apple of a ride. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The apple of a eye.
0: At the end of the day, she is. I tell you, man. Yeah, you you want to hear something spooky? Go back and play every damn trivia that we've we've played on the show, and you will see. Every single person, every single time it said how bad they were at trivia, they win every time. It's weird. We're jinxed in a good way. So continuing back to religion before we dive into some juicy politics. I'm kind of itching for that myself. Uh, I do want to know what uh, what events or what prompted you guys to either stay the course on your beliefs or, or stay in your, involved in your uh, home religion. And, you know, if you, if you left that course and you, you kind of took it a different direction, what propelled you to do that? And where are you at with, uh, with life and spirituality now, Adam, I'll start with
3: you. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about it and it's, it's actually going to be kind of surprising is that I remember a very pivotal point when I was younger, I was probably nine or 10 years old and um like i said before my granddad was the pastor at our church and i told him i wanted to get baptized because that was the thing to do you know it was and they kind of make it that way you know where it's like it, you, know, you see all these other people getting baptized you're like well i, I need to get baptized too otherwise there's something wrong with me
1: mm-hmm. and i told
3: him i wanted to get baptized and he pulled me to the side and you know, like took a walk with me and he was like do you know why you know what it means and why you really want to get baptized. And I basically told him it was like, because I feel like there's something I need to do. And he was like, but do you understand like do you believe in your heart why you're getting baptized and what it means with your relationship with God and everything else? And I was like I was like, no, not really. I just know that it's something I have to do. You know, because everybody else is doing it. And he was like, he's like, don't do it. And he was like, I'm not going to baptize you until you understand exactly what it is and what it means to you. How that impact at that moment it was huge because it validated what and that was my my moment that you were talking about where i was like really done with religion because he validated my doubts that i didn't get it you know what i mean that i didn't mm-hmm. that it didn't make sense to me and that was you know was like okay this doesn't make any sense to me so i shouldn't I'm not a follower of this because I don't believe it. I don't have faith in it. I I believe in my personal relationship with God, and like I don't need all the dogma that comes along with it. I never understood it or liked it. Um,
1: so
0: I hate to interrupt you, man, but what was some of the things about the dogma that you had had an issue
3: with? Um, the the whole like do, do this, don't do that. The rules, like Chase was talking about, you know, the whole. Uh, these are the rules and, you know, don't break the rules or else and don't question the rules and all that stuff was like that never made sense to me. It's like, why? It's like, <clears throat> why do we need somebody? You know, I don't I didn't believe in that vision of God that, you know, the whole from the movie dogma, you know, fucking do it and I'll fucking spank you type of so i was like that that doesn't sound like a very good god to me and the whole like uh the other thing was the biggest like the agency giving up your agency they say give yourself up to god and like you're supposed to live for jesus and do all that stuff that never made sense to me either my my view on it was that we were here to live and experience things for god not the other way around you know what I mean? Like we we're supposed to live our life as uniquely and as bountiful as possible to take in as much experience as possible because we are kind of like the fingers, the eyes, the ears and the fingers of God, you know, we're here doing the actual experience.
1: So that.
3: let that me was, ask you this, man. Yeah. Let me ask you this.
0: Two of the most important questions I think we can ask ourselves is who are we and what is this life? So Adam, I'm going to ask you, who are you and what is this experience that we call life? Not as the dogma and the Southern Baptists know it.
3: How does Adam know it? I am, I feel like I'm an entity. So my beliefs are pretty much that we are all part of one energy. That, you know, you can call it God. See, my my belief kind of, goes you know if you, you believe in god and you talk about god in the in a person form in the first person form then that still works for me because it's the entity of energy of every everybody and we're all connected together like i said before we're like the fingers the eyes and the ears of god and we're here to experience so i'm just an entity of that energy i'm a i'm an individual uh, instance of that and i have to we all have to be unique so that we can live unique experiences like how I experienced something is different than the way you experienced something that the event was exactly the same but our perspectives were different so you got two different experiences out of that and to me that's the whole the whole point of why we're here is is for the good stuff and the bad stuff that's how I kind of like I help get myself out of depression and stuff by just accepting like this is the bad stuff like this is take this in. This is just as important as the good in my life. Right. So feel it. Don't shut it out. Feel it. Experience it because it's going to change. There's going to be more good after this. Just be in it. And that helps me get out of that faster. You know, if I'm I'm dealing with some depression or, you know, bad things are <laughs> happening, I try to sit down and meditate and think about that and like, OK, just accept this because it's just important because how do you how do you have good without the bad? You know, how do you know what's good without, how do you know?
1: Yeah.
0: I tell you, you are, you're, you're speaking my language. I, uh, after leaving the Southern Baptist faith, I dabbled around many different philosophies and, and schools of, uh, of theology. And I, I ended up on Buddhism and what you're hitting on to me, you sound like a Buddhist. Yep. We're all connected to the source. This is all an experience and your level of attachment is going to be your pain and pleasure in it. You have to know the good to know the bad. You have to know the bad to know the good. There is no yeah. dark without light kind of a kind of a thing. And that's a very interesting it's very interesting that you and I both come out of this the same quote unquote, you know, quote unquote religion and we kind of find ourselves in exactly similar spots, if not the exact same spot on our spiritual path. Isn't that isn't that interesting? Did that yeah. Totally, Maybe
3: it's the conflict. Maybe it's that conflict, that polar opposite push. You know, once we left that one angle of it, we got pushed toward the same angle, you know what I mean? To like, okay, we got all this closed off view that's pushed on us. Let's open right. that way up. And, you know, that kind of led us toward that, that Buddhist type of angle. Well, it's it, the big difference in, in the way
0: Buddhism was presented to me was completely the polar opposite of Southern Baptist, because when you look at, and, and not, I'm not just picking on Southern Baptists. I'm only saying that because that's, that's the, the experience that I had was, was mainly in that. So I don't feel like I can talk about any other religion uh, beyond it, but coming out of that, the format is we're going to tell you what to believe. This is what you believe. This is the Bible. This is what you believe in Buddhism. And some other, you know, Eastern philosophies. It asks you, "What do you believe?" It doesn't tell you. It says, "Well, what do you? Believe? What is this?" And it really turns the tables, and it makes you do the the work. That's been, you know, part of my my uh, my process, my
3: journey, I guess. It, it's going to be different for you than it is for me. So,
0: a hundred percent. Well, we're everybody's different. The thing I struggle with though is the ideas of. Where, where do we start or where do we stop and God starts or God ends? I mean, because mm-hmm. I believe we're all connected, too. But it's like, well, are we all God having a schizophrenic experience, having all these experiences, ex- essentially experiencing itself? Or are we more like the branches of the tree where we have the base, the tree trunk, the foundation, and we're all these individual branches? We're our own branches, but we're always connected. We're connected together. And we're connected to source. I don't know, Linda, what, what, uh, where are you at with your your spiritual practices, and have you ever detoured, or did you?
4: Oh, yes, <laughs> you know I, I grew up the way you, the way you know I told you earlier, but as a teenager, you know of course you, you'd stay overnight with friends. Uh, if they went to church, you went to church with them, and I, um, spent a weekend with a friend who went to an Episcopalian church. And so I went to church with her on Sunday because that's what you do. Um, I loved it. It was completely different. When you walk into the Episcopal church, it's quiet. It's soothing. When, you're, when they're, they're up there leading you through prayers, the prayers are written down. After are reading them. It's bizarre for someone like me who came from what I did. It was very strange and very calm and very soothing in a way. Uh, so as a teenager, I think I was 16. I chose to go to the Episcopal church. So I was confirmed in the, in the Episcopal church. And this is after having been baptized old school in a Creek in a oh, white wow. gang. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Full on take me to the river. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you got a great country song, Linda. <laughs> just
4: and then I went to the Episcopal church and I stayed there for years. Matter of fact, that's where my husband and I got married in the Episcopal church. Um, We were lucky because he's Catholic and they said you can marry him here because they were sometimes strict about uh, performing marriages out of that church for people that were not of the same religion. So they, they agreed to marry us and we married there. But then when Scott wanted to look for a church to go to, it was the strangest thing. I would go with him. We went to all these churches. I took him to the calm ones first. I took him to the Episcopal (laughs) church, the Catholic church, the Baptist church, where all of the elders were, where there were no like young people and it was just calm and quiet. And then he's like, I want to try this church. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Pentecostal holiness. So (laughs) he walked in there and I was standing there with like my nails in my palms. Like, the people running up and down the aisles, running up and down the aisles, it was full on display. And I was just watching his face, thinking he was going to think, You are insane, we're getting a divorce. He walked out of there <laughs> smiling and said, This is the church I want to go to. And I was completely dumbfounded. Completely,
0: <laughs> my goodness,
4: yes. <laughs> so, and he loves it, he loves that church. Uh, what do you
0: like? Is that, is, that, is that comfortable for you too?
4: Yes, it is. I mean, it's a lot easier as an adult, you know, when you go into it, understanding what you're witnessing mm-hmm. uh, than it was as a child in a little country church that had all of this activity and noise. And, you know, it's it's 730 at night, especially in the wintertime when those little, little churches would get so cold yeah. and you would just be sitting there wishing you were at home watching cartoons in your PJs or something. And, you know, you're sitting there and it's all this chaos going on around you. It was different as a kid than it is as an adult.
0: Well, I tell you what, as an adult, if I go, you're not going to get me in a church unless you got Belushi doing backflips and everybody's dancing and there's some rock and roll playing, man.
4: Okay, kind of just... sometimes <laughs> looks like that there, but it's.
0: <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm if I ever go go back to church, I'm going to a black church. I swear to God. Laugh at me, <laughs> when you want man? Those people know how to get down and rock and roll. Chase, what about you, brother man? Where 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 did things start to I don't know get a little bit fuzzy and where did you when did you kind of kind of take a little side road?
5: So I was volunteering at uh, one of the mega churches here in town and Vinny, uh, there's a, a church here in Wilmington that's roughly got a few thousand um, active participants and this is pre COVID, um, and so I was volunteering in a couple of different capacities there and really just started to see kind of the inner circle, the inner click and started to see again that hypocrisy and that you're either in or you're out and if you're not in you're you're just you're never going to get in if you don't way or if you you don't you kind of speak the language, the Christianese is what uh what I kind of like to call it.
0: How did that uh, get put on you? How did you pick up on that? How did that get presented to you without diamond? Well, anybody out? How did that, that get displayed?
5: It's more of a, there's always been kind of a disconnect. It, it, a lot of things have felt scripted and everybody's kind of saying the exact same thing. And so things never really, they, they had an, a sense of genuineness, but there was just something that was lacking and I've always just kind of picked up on that. I, I said the exact same prayers and and read the exact same Bible as everybody else, but I never I never felt anything. It just it wasn't clicking with me, and so I, I see all these people that that kind of we have as we've mentioned in uh, previous episode uh, talking about fake people. Just didn't really feel right, and. Started to, to make suggestions. Hey, I think we could do this. And hey, I think, uh, you know, if we're really trying to teach our youth the, uh, the concept of real community, we as leaders, we need to embody that. And let's just all get together. Come over to my house. Uh, let's do let's the only purpose of getting together is just to get to know each other as people. It has no particular we're not going (laughs) to sing songs we're not going to talk about Jesus we're just going to get to know each other as people and live life together and uh, oh yeah yeah that sounds like a great idea and then nothing comes of it and I just there was just a a huge lack of of actual real community it's you kind of go to church you see those people every Sunday you have small group and uh, which is you, or your Bible study, whatever you want to call it, and then you kind of go about your week. And a lot of times, at least my experience, was you really don't engage with those people, and they don't really become great friends. And uh, I know other people have different experiences, but when you really try to get into uh, making a change or suggesting things, you, you just get shot down a lot, and I'm not the only one. I've, I've, I've got a few friends that are really close that, we tried to do some things and and kind of get the church uh, on board, and it just it, if it wasn't church sponsored, they just weren't going to get involved with it. And in fact, there's a there's a book out that's called Church Refugees, and uh, a sociologist professor out in Colorado, he wrote this book with uh, I think he had an assistant or something, and they polled a lot of people that were basically done with church or the organized religion, but they weren't really done with their, their faith. And so they, they unaffiliated themselves with church. And so they had some kind of bigger mission, a passion that they wanted to pursue. And so they went off and did their own thing. And it's, it's interesting because uh, they, they have all these different interviews with people and publish their findings. And so it's unfortunate that the, the church is, has so much red tape. And there's just, again, I look at a lack of uh, genuists and it, it's like they're spoon feeding you. And I like both of you guys, you're talking about kind of kind of finding your way to Buddhism. I wouldn't necessarily consider my path taking me that way, but I, I have a lot of the same thoughts as far as, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I believe and why I believe it instead of just ex- blindly accepting what they're spoon feeding.
0: Benny, what you got, man? Where are you at? Spiritually, if you don't mind sharing, and and did you have any pivotal moments that kind of took you one way or another?
2: I just think that uh, as I grew older, I just took those young life experiences and try to live a be as good a person as I am toward anybody. Yeah, I have my moments where I might blow a gasket, but as far as switching off the church, I just kind of think it faded for me. It's not like I uh, had a, an experience, but then when you hear about things that go on, and it's like, well, maybe it's just that I've evolved, or I guess you want to call it that, as opposed to just shut it off and left. I mean, I've been to some other churches. Uh, there's one around the corner that's a non-denominational. They call it All Faiths Church, so I don't... I don't know how that works. I've been to a couple of them, but it, it's just that, I don't know. I just can't see myself being a hypocrite acting like I do sometimes. And then <laughs> having to go to church and, and then cause I, you all know what I post. So I can't, say, you know what I mean? is you know like, I mean, Does, I'm
1: that, not does bloody, that
0: really define you? Does that define who you are? Does that make you a, a good or a bad person? Does that really like, is that really going to void out your, your your stamped hand at the door to heaven i
2: believe so because i think as i am as a person
0: uh
2: overrides my sense of humor and i don't use it negatively i just use it to crack people yeah. up so uh push come to shove if somebody needs me for something i'm there so it's not like uh i just want to uh you know be a bad person and treat people like crap because that's not who i am so
0: and you know what, though, Vinny, I got to say, I respect I respect the hell out of you for saying that. I respect that because I think Chase mentioned it. <clears throat> Adam may have touched on it. The hypocrisy uh, that we see a lot of times in organized religion and nobody's perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I don't walk on water. I'm a crazy ass, you know, my life's a dumpster fire half the time kind of guy. I'm not, you know, I'm nobody. But it, it, it's a different thing when you have an expectation that people are going to behave a certain way in your organization and you find out, you know, you're not getting treated fairly. Like Chase was talking about, you're not getting into the click. There shouldn't be any clicks. There just shouldn't be.
2: Like I said, I, want, I didn't want to be that hypocrite pointing fingers at people and then doing the opposite. I, I
0: respect that. My, my, uh, my greatest religious experience, truthfully had been on psilocybin mushrooms. I've had the most profound experiences, especially Yeah. Ooh, and in meditation. <laughs> And a meditation, but the uh yeah, the plant medicine man, I got more of a spiritual awakening uh in that than I ever did sitting in a pew, but that's just that's just me, so rolling past the uh the God squad, I want to get into some some god and devil, good and evil politics, politico Adam, what's shaking with you, man? I know you mentioned i don't know if we were recording, but you, you you're you're a pretty Left leaning, self described progressive. What does that mean? What is that progressive? What is that? What does that mean to you?
3: Yeah. First of all, I don't like labels. I don't like the whole two party system. I don't like parties, blah, 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 because blah, it it assumes so much. So, amen. Amen, brother. I, I, I use progressive most of the time because. I have a big problem with establishment Democrats. So I don't like using Democrat. Um, and progressive to me is, is more of an action word label mm-hmm. that I want things to progress. I'm, I think politics should be in the spirit of making things better for our society. Um, and that should be the main goal across the board. How can we make things better for everyone who lives in this in this country? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I grew up a conservative. My, you know, Southern Baptist. We were all conservatives, Republicans. My yeah. dad was in the Navy during the Reagan years, and my dad was hardcore military Republican. So, um, and you know, I was pretty apolitical until probably you know, 2015 ish. So um, that's when I started. I started getting that's it, it was two things lining up, you know, it was the end of the Obama era and we had the big you know, 2016 uh, election coming up. And then, then I got a bunch of political jobs with my agency as well. So I was kind of getting inundated in it through my work, too. So that was kind of how do, how do you handle that? Like, how do you
0: handle your political opinions uh, with with work and with clients, especially if they're political clients? How do you deal with that? I stopped doing it. <laughs> I didn't what stop. do you mean? Stop doing what? You stop doing political clients <laughs> I, I, so...
1: okay.
3: Because, I, I, yeah, because I didn't agree with it. I, 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 there was one candidate that I was helping, and I did not agree with agree with his political views whatsoever. And the guy I was working for was like, "I'm not going to work on that campaign anymore." He was like, "Oh," and I, he was like, "Why?" "What, what happened?" And I was like, "I just I don't believe in it. Like, I I know for a fact some of the stuff he's saying is not true." And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to promote that propaganda. And uh, so that's kind of how that went. I I don't do political stuff anymore as far as my work
1: goes. Let me
0: ask you this, man, real quick. And I want to hear some other opinions on this. But I do want to ask you, uh, your perception of progressive versus, or we'll just put them side by side, <clears throat> with what the mainstream media projects as the progressive with all the narratives and the agendas, all the little check boxes that make you a progressive. And yeah. what is, what, is there any contrast or difference between what your vision and perception is versus what the media portrays
3: it to be? Or is it identical? It's it's yeah. Th- it depends on what media you're talking about. Cause all the media has its own view of everything. Like, I mean, there's progressive media out there that is an echo chamber for people like me, you know, that basically just hear exactly the the message that you want to hear and the good stuff that you want to hear. This is bad. That's good. And then you got, you know, the media to people that want to treat everybody fairly. And then you have, you know, everybody's got a bias when it comes to the media. So I don't, I, I'm, I take the information in from media knowing who it's coming from and I just use, you know, I kind of aggregate that myself. Um, but as far as that, that label as a progressive, why I, I am drawn to that is my main concern. Like I have two main political views that are, are the most two important things to me. Number one is healthcare. Like to me, there is no logical reason why we can't have a healthcare system that works for everybody. I agree. Like, the The whole, like, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it is a good question to ask. That's, mm-hmm. you know, if we talk to financially savvy people. They're like, yes, how can you pay for it? That means that you'll figure out a way to pay for it. Saying we can't afford it is bullshit. Um, We can't, We can. we just don't make it a priority. There are other things that we're making a priority to pay for. There's money available if we made it a priority to make sure that every person in this country has... Some form of healthcare, and that's very important to me. From my background, you know, I, I grew up. Uh, like I said, I had childhood cancer, and my family went bankrupt twice to to pay for because of medical bills. So they had to make that choice yeah. financially: yeah. save my life or go bankrupt, which was an easy choice for them. But you know, our whole family felt the repercussions of that. You know, because you know, I grew up. You know, we were we did okay, but you know, we were poor. Because yeah. my dad had, you know, filed bankruptcy twice. Cancer ain't
0: cheap, man. Cancer yeah. ain't cheap, and none of this medical stuff is. And I want to touch yeah. more on that in a minute. What's your second
3: thing, and then we'll go
1: second. on
0: to
3: some other. Questions. Second thing, real quick, is we have legalized bribery in this country right now for with lobbyists. We have to get money out of politics right now. Yeah. Anybody can go buy a politician and get their agenda. Passed because if you have enough money and it, it doesn't take as much money as you think, you can go and lobby a senator and get your shit passed and get your, get whatever law you want made if you're a corporation. And that is the if we can't fix that, we're just we're treading water, man. You, you, you can fix, you can go with the BIS platform and promise all this stuff, but as soon as somebody can go in with some dark money or whoever and just bribe senators to, to vote a certain way. It's all for nothing. So we have to get money out of politics. That's my two big things.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. And I'm going to tell you this. The people on the right call me a liberal and the people on the left call me a a right winger. You know, I'm middle of the road, man. I don't follow Mm -hmm. the script. I'm a little conservative on some issues. I'm a little liberal. And I like to say, I don't like the word progressive. I'm like you. I don't like labels. But I wrote a bad joke and I'll say it again, you know. Progressives are to liberals what Westboro Baptist is to Christianity, okay? (laughs) The progressives I look at in the fucking media and the actors and stuff, they're not liberals. These are not liberals. These are not sane people. You sound sane. You sound totally fucking sane. And I completely agree with both of your big key points. And I'm a middle-of-the-road guy, and I'm totally on board with it. It's kind of like – How do we figure this shit out? It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Can we reallocate these funds? And can we get the country to stop trying to live a Ferrari lifestyle on a Walmart budget? Can we do that?
3: Or can we just come up with a priority list that we can all agree on? Like is healthcare important to everybody. I, I believe it is. I think yeah. if you poll people, they want affordable, or I believe we could do a universal healthcare you know, the, the insurance companies and all that shit got their hand in a cookie jar. They've had it in there for a long time. I think there's a solution to that. Like, I don't have all the answers of how it could work. But I think asking the question, how can we make this work? You can find out a way if the priority's high enough. If you put that at a high enough priority and that becomes the question. is like, is defense spending a higher priority than health care?
1: Yeah, well, argue, there will
0: be no there will that's be no health care.
1: We can't defend
0: ourselves. There, right. there will right. be no health care. I mean, and that's a fact. And, we, and, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately uh, North Korea, Russia, and China are three big reasons why we have to keep the defense the budget inflated. Now, that's not to say we can't cut a shitload of money in other places. There's no reason why these civil servants we call politicians need to be racking six figures for the rest of their lives. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't make yep. six years, Period. We could start right there. Start cutting that that budget. Linda, yeah. what's your thought on some of this?
4: Uh, on those two specific topics,
0: or oh, that, or anything else, you could start there. Whatever you want, whatever you wish.
4: Well, I tend to lean conservative. Okay. Uh, I was raised in a Democrat family. My father, when I when I was eighteen, and I, it was going to be. My first opportunity to vote, I went to daddy and I said, you know, how do I find out about the candidates so I know who to vote for? And he looked at me like he was going to smack me and said, I vote Democrat. <laughs> you vote Democrat. You don't need to know nothing else. And I was like, OK, interesting. So I voted Democrat for a long time. <laughs> And then, you know, the more I started to actually look at it, the more I realized that I wasn't a Democrat at all. I never was. I was um, I was more in the middle. Like I lean on social issues. I leaned a little left, but for the most part, I was leaning right. So it, it has taken until you know recent time that I've actually been comfortable with embracing an identity that is a conservative. And well,
0: can, can you give me some examples? Of like, how do you bounce back and forth? Like, what are you a little left on? What are you a little right on? And how do you well, how do you weigh at the polls? How are you going to weigh that out?
4: Fiscal issues. I'm I'm very conservative. I completely disagree with you know, universal health care. There is not a single part of me that agrees with universal health care. Oh, I smell it debate. I smell it debate.
0: Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> it's because of the damage that you know that it can do to people who have insurance, pay for insurance. You know, they they have doctors that they choose that they can see. We have a we have a system that's set up now so that you can choose which doctor you see. Once we start having a universal health care there's going to be significant changes in the quality of care that you get on your ability to find doctors to go to. There are a lot of changes that I don't think people take into consideration. Uh, Even the Obamacare debacle, you know, people were excited about that. I wasn't because I knew what was going to happen. There were people that were working jobs that they were happy with, that were working full time. And I'm talking about low level jobs, like they're a retail business here in town.
0: Entry level positions.
4: Yes. And they were working, you know, just enough hours that they needed to, to get full time. And they were able to get insurance that a significant portion of was paid by the company. And one of these people in particular was a senior. And this woman relied on that insurance for her family. And you know what happened? The Obamacare passed. And then just like clockwork, These businesses that were small businesses like that can no longer afford to employ people full-time and cover that insurance cost. Her job was demoted. She lost money every week because now she could only work part-time and she lost her insurance. And it's because of Obamacare. And she's not alone. This happened to a lot of people. My husband and I have private insurance that we have always paid for ourselves. So we were one of the lucky few people That that lie Obama told, if you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance, actually got to keep their insurance because I heard a lot of people saying, I got a letter saying I can't keep my insurance.
0: Well, let me, let me, let let me jump in right there. I know Chase and Vinny want to say something about this shit. I can feel it, but I do want to give Adam, Adam, out of fairness, let me give you a a chance to respond to um, maybe a conflicting view on, on universal healthcare real quick.
3: Yeah. Um, well, they they've effed it up in the past, that's for sure. I didn't have insurance when Obamacare Care went in. I've paid the penalty every year. I've just recently in the past year got my own insurance through my own company. Um the insurance system needs to be overhauled. Like the healthcare system needs to be overhauled at all. And that's why I'll get back to the priorities. Like it needs to be built with how the way it needs to work, that the way that people want it to work. And and I'm not saying that the plans that are out there are perfect or I, that I agree with some of the proposals that have been out there. What I'm saying is that should be the goal that we should be working toward. I think if there should be a solution that could be a compromise to make sure that the top priorities that everybody wants, being able to have your choice of physician, having good quality care, making sure the you know physicians are all taken care of, all that stuff to be at the top of the priority. And that's, that's where it gets super difficult when you get all these different hands in the pot trying to get what they want out of how the system's going to work. Um, and that goes to my point number two. If, if we have money in, involved with the politicians, you're going to have the insurance companies or whoever, and they're pushing for their certain thing to get into the bill. And it's going to get all screwed up, just like Obamacare was completely a mess. And, yeah, they, our politicians will screw it up. But I, I don't think that's a reason to give up on it. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's not a reason to give up, but it's also not a reason to cram ridiculous shit down the pipe. Exactly. Because but you have it, to do something. Agree 100%. Chase, what do you think, man?
5: First, first off, Adam, thank you so much for being a logical, intelligent person. And, and even though you don't like labels, you've chosen one. And I appreciate your viewpoint so much because, unfortunately, people that do label themselves progressive or Democrat, are, they have no logic. They, they really don't – they can't articulate what they actually believe. So thank you for actually being articulate in, in uh, espousing beliefs. Uh, I 100 percent agree with you. I'm a registered independent, and Jeff, and, and this I think this is why we're on this podcast in the first place. Uh, continually is because we are kind of middle of the road. We we look, we try to look at both sides. I, I tend to look at my political ideologies as humanistic. I I don't like the two party system, like you said, Adam, and uh, I think there's great wisdom in the way you articulate that if we. As a, as a country or a society were to prioritize certain things, there's a lot of accomplishment that can be – or progress that can be made. I think that one of the big things that is unfortunate is there's no easy, simple solution. It, it, take, for example, quote-unquote healthcare. It's, it, it's just overinflated with – like you said, everybody wants to have their hands in the pot. And is it something that a universal healthcare can work? Sure, but there's a lot of things that need to be kinks that need to be worked out before it's beneficial for everybody, and it's not uh, super expensive. Uh, there's just so many different things that we don't understand why we're doing it, and we are letting the politicians that are so disconnected from reality, from from quote unquote we the people. That I agree so much that we need to get uh, them kind of down on our our uh, understanding and see the way see the world the way we do, because they're they're pushing their agendas and at the end of the day, there's your one for the night, Jeff.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the
5: the problem with politics nowadays is it only benefits those in power. It only benefits the politicians, and so. I believe that if there's a bill that is, for example, uh, the the stimulus check that was going out for uh, people for this uh, the coronavirus issue, that should be the only thing on that bill. We shouldn't be stuffing 10 or 15 different items into one bill, and yeah. that's to me, is one of the big issues with politics is if, if politicians would just do one bill for one issue and done – That might take a little extra time, but if these politicians are actually doing their jobs, it really shouldn't. So the the whole system needs to be reworked, and and my issue is you've got so many different corporations and industries, for example, the pharmaceutical industry, the quote-unquote healthcare industry, which it needs to be renamed to let's-take-your-money-and-not-make-you-well industry. (laughs) <laughs> uh the sugar industry, the milk industry, you've got companies like Monsanto and all these other big corporations that are that are really running our country. It it's it's not for we the people. Uh and actually let's let's make things beneficial for everybody, for the environment, for us, for sustainability, all these different things, then our country could actually see forward progress. But I think the the big issue is our country is run by middle management, and we don't really have a vision. we're just looking at quarter one and quarter two sales, and we're not actually looking at the hundred year game and that's where Jeff you're a hundred percent correct when you bring up China. China's playing the hundred year game they're playing the infinite game, and anybody who's read or, or heard any Simon Sinek videos, that's a huge talking point right now is looking at China and Trump is one that is looking at that in his his administration. Granted, he's not doing it, I would say, in the best fashion. But at least he's looking at it instead of, well, hey, let's let's just willy nilly listen to what everybody else wants and free health care, free college education, and all this other stuff.
0: Is everybody good on time? Because I really want to continue this for a half hour or so.
4: I have bedtime. I can hear him screaming already.
0: (laughs) Okay, you want to jump off, Linda?
4: But only after I say this one quick thing before the original (laughs) bill that was presented did focus on just one thing, and that was saving the small businesses, keeping people getting their checks. It was the Democrats who went back in, changed everything in the bill, refused to sign the initial one, took an extra three weeks before they brought one in to pass it. All of the Mm -hmm. conservatives went ahead and signed off on it. Mm -hmm. So that was Democrats that were responsible for that. And I agree completely. There should never be anything on a bill that isn't addressing what that bill was supposed to be no more piggybacking stuff on there cramming things in 500 pages 500 pages of of one bill was 500 pages my eyes glazed over reading that thing there was so much wasteful spending shoved in that in special interest groups that it made me want to vomit just reality And the other point that I want to make is there is an easy answer to making sure people have health care. Capitalism. Capitalism, competition, and making sure we have a strong economy so that people have jobs, so they can afford to pay for insurance, because health insurance is completely different from health care. Those are two separate things. Mm Health care, everyone has access to health care. The question is, does everybody have the resources to afford it? And then the question is, how much of that health care can they afford? based on the insurance they have. And that's another issue that I take with insurance companies. And I don't even know if it's a lack of regulations or if regulations could be applied. But when you have one health insurance company that can say, okay, we're gonna pay X for this medication and another one pays Y, and the first person gets the medication for $5 and the other one has to pay 500, there's a problem. And it's, it's because you have these different companies being able to negotiate these prices. There's no cap. When you have places like Canada, for instance, the government places a cap on what these places can, can charge for certain medications. So that's how they manage to make sure that people can afford it. We don't have that here. I think that this, this recent thing that they did with um, insulin is good, and I'd like to see more of that. But that's, that's what I have to say on insurance and health care. Nice. And bills in Congress. <laughs> You're 100% <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: Those are great but points. Uh, I you- agree with you on the Democrats. I'm not, that's why I don't like Democrats, especially establishment Democrats. What
0: is your alternative on- to that, though, Adam? What's the alternative? Where do you go?
3: Uh, what I was going to say is that the, the, the key point on that, why I lean toward the progressive thing, is the progressives pride themselves on not taking any corporate PAC money when they raise their campaigns. Um, and that's a key point. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, whatever. If, if the, if the candidates is raising grassroots money and they're not taking any corporate PAC money to get elected, that's who you should vote for because they about, have, what, they what don't about owe the, anybody but you.
0: What about the money from Black Lives Matter organization that some
3: of the Democrat politicians are getting? What do you think about that? No. If it's, if it's uh, I forgot what the regulation is, but if it's over a certain amount, you look at their average donation amount, and if that's over a certain amount, then they, they're they not considered. Well, they're pulling uh, in millions
0: president. of fucking dollars, dude. I don't know what the, I don't know what the I, amount's supposed to be, but it
3: was not. <laughs> like if, a if a candidate takes a whole bunch of money from Black Lives Matter, then I'm not going to vote for them.
4: If that's where the majority of their
3: stuff comes from, I'm not going to do it because they're going to be beholden to that group, and they're going to do whatever that group wants. So if at any time I don't agree with that group, I just elected somebody that has a different alternative motive than what I want.
0: Yeah, I get that. Linda, what did you want to say?
4: Didn't Nicosia Cortez talk about getting her funding through grassroots and small donations? Yep. Uh, Didn't she also have a pack with that dude that got into trouble and then disappeared and we never saw or heard from him again?
3: Not sure what dude you're talking about. If you got his name, I can look it up.
4: I cannot remember his name. There was the guy that got her in Congress. There was a guy that was working with her. Campaign manager, maybe.
0: What did he get in trouble for? There was was some kind
4: of controversy.
0: I want to say he mismanaged funds or some weird shit like that. It was something odd. I know you're talking about, I can't remember the guy's name though, but moving on with that. Uh, Linda, do you need to go or do you want to hang out or what you want to do?
4: I would love to hang out, but unfortunately I can't. Cause I can you know, hear him in there screaming, having a meltdown right now.
0: <laughs> mommy duties come first. I appreciate you having you on. I, I love it when you're on Linda, you're welcome back on the panel anytime. I just want you to know that. All right. You tuck that kid okay. in, and have a good night.
4: Will do. AOC launches PAC to boost progressive 2020 challengers. February <laughs> 21st, 2020 NPR. And on that note, I will say my goodbyes. Goodbye, everybody. It was nice to meet you, new person.
5: <laughs> nice <to meet> you. <laughs> bye, bye, Linda. <laughs> yeah,
0: bye. bye Linda. You know, a- Adam, the weird thing is, man, and and – I think, Chase, you and I have discussed this many times, is just how in politics, there's a lot of dirty shit going on on both sides. There, there is no party without sin. Right. But it, it seems to me as I'm watching stuff, the Democratic Party, it just is it has come out of the closet of ridiculous shit in a lot of ways. And I agree with you on your points. It's like what you're saying is making sense. I think what gets lost in translation with a lot of these folks is how they want to do it. it. It doesn't make sense. It's like, that's not the right way. You're going to bankrupt us kind of, kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's, everything's getting taken to the extremes and perspective has a lot to do with it too. Cause like from my perspective, I see like all these people getting arrested from the Trump campaign and you know, I obviously I'm not a Trump supporter or anything, but I, you know, like to me, they're pushing the balance of legality a lot on their end. And you guys see the same thing from the Democrats. And and you're right. Like, there's no there's no politics without sin because they're all got their fingers in the cookie jar somewhere. And it's like, how deep do you go to, you know, we got to deal we got to deal with the monster somehow. And that's why I go back to that, you know, got to get money out of politics and and at least attempt to know who's supporting these, these candidates financially, like, who do they owe favors to?
1: you
3: know, and, And that's the only real weapon that we have as voters is to say, okay, if you got all these millions of dollars from dark money that we have no idea where that money came from, I don't know who's pushing your buttons. You know, I don't know who's telling you in the background to do these things that I didn't vote you in to do. And the power that we have, if, if we do know that, is that if you said, hey, we're going to come in and we're going to fix these certain things. We're going to address these issues. And after two years, you haven't addressed any of those issues. But you got all these benefits for your friends. We're going to find somebody to primary you and get you out of there because you, we voted you in. You didn't take care of what we wanted. You just helped your friends. Now we got you out. That's the only weapon that we have as voters. I agree. Hey, Vinny, let me ask you, man. What do you, yeah, what do you
0: think about uh, the money exchange and, and the the politics, the buying these people off, and what do you think about, uh, I don't know, man, Trump and Biden? You know, what are your thoughts with all that shit?
2: Well, personally, I lean to the right. I do agree with some center-left things like legalizing marijuana and things like that. And We all agree. The healthcare versus the defense spending, constitutionally defense spending is there. The healthcare industry has been overtaken by insurance companies. I'm pretty sure back in the day you used to go to a doctor and pay cash. Now you have co-pays or no-pays or things like that where you always have some insurance company behind it. Now, I agree with Linda, competition. A lot of states are limited to the amount of people who could provide health insurance. If the market, free market opened up and just like car insurance, you get Geico or Allstate or State Farm or this or that with a lot of choices, these people would be cutting costs to get you to be their customer and things that mandated that you have to cover well, I don't want you to mandate what has to be I don't need birth control or prenatal care on my right. policy. Let me pick the things I want: vision, dental, you know, that kind of stuff. Prescription, and uh, I'm not one who goes to the doctors a lot. I mean, the last time I went, somebody my doctor uh, gave me a prostate check, and you know, I don't, I don't get into hey, that you, so much. Did you Did you
0: ask him for the but, a second finger so you could get a, a second opinion while, while you were there? <laughs> It was a (laughs) (laughs) a hard. I just had to ask, man. (laughs) But anyway.
2: But anyway, that's, uh, you know, there's things that they can do. Now, term limits for Congress, a must. These people have been in there way too long. And that's why you have these lobbying groups funneling cash to people. Uh, If somebody's only going to be in there two terms for Senate and three terms for Congress, so that's six and 12 years respectively. There's not much they can get bribed for. Cut out their pensions, they're public servants, not lifelong uh, things. And you don't need people like Nancy Pelosi, who basically lives in San Francisco area, having $12,000 refrigerators, eating $15 ice cream, and then say she got set up by a salon <laughs> owner because she went and broke the San Francisco law about wearing a mask or even getting her hair done. She acts
3: like royalty.
2: I'm surprised have a private hairstylist come to her mansion up in the, wherever the hell she lives and uh, do it under the table like in Cognito. Hey, 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 but, hey, uh, hey, now.
0: hey. In her friends, defense, she thought it said saloon, not salon. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, that's true too. Maybe if they offered her a free drink, she might not, you know. <laughs> Hold in a bar and Cut your hair at the same time. The saloon the Saloon, <laughs> saloon select. I got. I got to
0: ask this. I got to ask this real quick, and I got to ask this of Adam. All right, Adam. Yep. yep. Joe Biden. Yep. What What do you think about Joe Biden? Should he be the um, president? Okay. Um, why not?
3: Why Why do you not like Joe Biden? Uh, because number one, he's he's not very cognitively there. I don't think. Uh, Why do you say that? That's a big thing. Let's well, hit that. Why do you lot. think I've that? Been, I've been watching a lot of his stuff. I mean, I pay attention and I'm watching him. And I, I think he's, you know, he's not, he's more of a puppet. If you're, he, he's the puppet candidate. He's the person that they're trying to get in there so that they can do whatever the fuck they want behind the scenes. And the Democrats want him in because they know that they're just going to get control. You know what I mean? It's not about what Joe Biden's going to do. There's no Joe right. Biden agenda. I don't feel like there's some grand scheme that Joe Biden's trying to push, whether, you, you know, whether you think that's a bad scheme or a good scheme. If you're on the side you're like, hey, he's going to change all this stuff. I don't I don't think he has one either way. I think he's just there. Um, and I think that that whole primary for the Democrats was rigged. And I mean, yeah, was, no shit. He was, he was dead in the water before Super Tuesday, dead in the water, gone. And, you know, obviously, I probably guess I was pulling for Bernie Sanders. I voted for Bernie Sanders. Um, but then all of a sudden. Everybody jumped on the Joe Biden boat after he won South Carolina. They were like, OK, everybody on the Joe Biden boat. that's what it's going to be. And they pulled out all the stops. And that's what happened.
0: Well, do you, the- where do you go with that, dude? OK, you're not a Trump supporter. You don't nope. like Biden. Are you voting for that Joe, Joe, Joe lady, uh, libertarian, or you vote for Kanye or where do you go? What do you do? What are you supposed Biden. to do? I'm voting for Biden. Why would you vote for a guy who you don't think is, has the cognitive abilities to do the job and you think he's a puppet? Why would you vote for that guy?
3: Uh, and I, I struggled with this quite a bit. Um, Cause I didn't want to, I was just going to write him about Bernie Sanders. Cause my conscience but I am very heavily against Trump and what's going on with Trump um, I think the people that will be controlling Joe Biden is still it, it, a friend of mine put it the best way I'd heard is who do you want to fight do you want to fight Trump for four more years like and and be that you know against that or do you want to be pushing for somebody who claims to be on your side? that you might actually be able to get some of the things that you want through, even though you don't believe in the person that's going to be in, in charge. And it's, it's the true lesser of two evils for me. Like Trump is. I, I, I it's. What is he, what has he
0: done? What has he done? The last four years that has been that detrimental other than his mm-hmm. narcissistic tweeting and personality operationally as commander in chief. Tell me what has he done that is so detrimental?
3: It's because he's so unpredictable. He's so unpredictable, and I feel like there is no balance, checks and balances against him. He's got, he's got William Barr in his back pocket, so he feels like he can get away with anything. He has, he's he's gotten away with so much borderline criminality. He runs things like a mob boss,
1: yes. mm-hmm. and
3: and that's dangerous to me. Like he's made so many shot from the hip just judgment calls since he's been president, it's a yeah. wonder we haven't started a war uh, already. I mean, we got yeah. close a couple of times. And to me, that's just, it's irresponsible, it's dangerous. <laughs> and I, I truly believe that people who are conservatives who are, are good people, like some of my parents, you know, people that I grew up with, they've been hoodwinked by this cult of personality. Like he offers them a lot of things that they want to believe in, so they're, you know, you you're, you're kind of caught into that. I mean, people are sold on personalities a lot
1: yeah.
3: and some people like that personality, but to me, I, I just, I, 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 am dumbfounded by it. I'm like, he's so brazen and he's so like narcissistic and, and I've all these examples. Like I, I keep up with it and it just, it's hard to nail it down to one thing because there's something, that's the other thing is he's really, really good at keeping the news cycle going. So any little thing that, that would have sunk another president doesn't yeah. stick to him because he's, there's, the next day there's some other thing. There's some he's the Teflon
0: man, dude. He's like fake he's news, fake news. news.
3: And, and the thing that I don't get the most, guys, here's the thing I don't get the most, is he was – he was. He grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. His his father gave him all that money. He he's not a blue collar guy. Like he claims to be able to to be this populist and this you know working man's guy, but he's not that. He he has never worked a, a day in his life.
0: Who the fuck believes that though, Adam? Who fucking believes this guy's a blue collar <laughs> guy? Believe that, who believes that? I've never. A who looks at Donald Trump that. and goes, oh, that guy's just like me." as I'm fucking shoveling shit to the fucking back door of the restaurant. I gotta go fucking bust tables. But that guy's a blue-collar guy like me.
3: Nobody believes that. that. (laughs) My family members believe that. My dad... Well, get them
0: straight. Get them straight. straight. Now, listen, I I will... I do want to counter something. I do want to counter something with you. I, I agree with the narcissism, but it's interesting that your biggest problem with Donald Trump in his last four years is he's unpredictable. Like, you didn't cite, like... He's wrecked this or crashed this or killed these. It was he's oh, well, unpredictable. I, now, that, I, just, I, I just think that's interesting. And to your point though about the wars with Obama he would always threaten Iran and he'd be like don't cross this line. Then Iran would cross the line and Obama would back up and draw another line and go don't cross this one. Yeah. And they kept crossing it. And then, that's why they have all these fucking nukes I think. And with Trump, when Iran is playing chicken in the ocean with our Navy and they won't fucking back off, Trump's like, blow them out in the water. And guess what? Iran stopped fucking with us. And I'm pretty convinced because he's unpredictable, that's probably why Rocket Man in North Korea didn't do anything more than he's done. I really believe that. I think these people are just as they're just backed up as you are. Because
3: he's but, unpredictable. That could be a good thing. You're putting a lot of faith on these other guys, though, to, to fall back because he's unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not very stable ground. Like, because he's unpredictable, I believe that other people are afraid of him. That's not very stable ground. Like, if we had somebody that was very calculating and very smart and very strategic, and they were afraid, like, we don't need to cross this guy because he'll fuck our shit up um, because he knows what he's doing that's more stable, like that's who somebody I want to get behind. I want to get behind somebody that I believe has like more levels, you know, on the playing field going on at one time. Trump it's whatever he wakes up that next day, you know, and yeah. whatever you know, whatever he whatever he decides to have for breakfast, that's you know, whether he wants to pick a fight with so and so or not. You know, that's <laughs> Man, I, you're not going to get
0: – You will. I, I will not argue his personality. His fucking personality is the worst. I get it. I understand why people don't like him. I just look at three components, man. I look at personality, and I look at operations, and then I look at the alternative. His personality sucks. Operationally, we had a booming fucking economy, and it's starting to rebound magically enough. It's weird. Uh, militarily, he's built our military back up. We were so depleted. We were more depleted than when we were in World War fucking two when Obama was in office. That's not good. I was in the military. That ain't good. We need to have a strong military. So, I mean, he's done some pretty cool stuff. The, the alternative is what you said. A man who is showing cognitive decline who's a puppet. So that's what I look at. Chase, I know you're, you're, you're fucking Jones in the giant dive into this. What, what you got? <laughs>
5: I wouldn't say jones but uh, there, there are a couple of things that, that I would like to speak on. Uh, first off, uh, it's, I'll, I'll use your word, Jeff. It's interesting that you, uh, Adam, kind of see Biden as that alternative. And sure, he is unpredictable, but uh, there's a book that's really interesting. I'd really highly recommend uh, reading it called Prisoners of Geography. And it, it really gives an explanation of kind of why things are the way they are in the world uh, with regards to countries and, and certain things. And uh, in his the, the latter published edition, he gets into China. And for the exact reason that uh, you, were, you were talking about, his unpredictability, that's why I'm voting for Trump. I don't like him. Jeff, you hit on it great. His personality is horrible. His Twitter, all of those things I don't respect, don't like. Wish as a president that he wouldn't do, and there are a number of other things that I dislike about him. I've heard about his his uh, uh, very immoral business dealings and everything. So Trump is not perfect. I'm not a Trump fan, but he will be getting my vote. I look at the the condition of the world. I've I've traveled. I've been to Southeast Asia. I've been to uh, Haiti. I've been to Africa. I've been to Europe. And I, I kind of have a perspective of how things are going. In fact, right now, uh, I think I sent Jeff uh, to you, Finney, the uh, that image or that video of uh, the uh, Chinese uh, – uh, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. They're actually going into Mongolia right now. They've outlawed the Mongolian language in Mongolian schools. Uh, and they are tearing down Mongolian uh, property. So China is – kind of covertly but not covertly I don't want to say invading but they're basically kind of claiming territory in Mongolia and they've done that in other areas now Russia has kind of done the same thing but what I do like about Trump is is he sees those things and he sees that if we don't put a stop to this it's only going to be a matter of time before they're on American soil and if you look at the bigger picture of what China's doing they're buying votes on the on the global scale or on the global uh, uh, arena by buying out different countries so for example they're building this this uh, railway system across europe they're not actually using any european workers so they're paying for it and they're using their own workers well what does that mean they're buying these the votes on the global um the global scale doing the same thing in africa i've been in uh central america doing the same thing there so they're v- being very strategic, and they're, they're going around and, and getting their hands in countries. So a lot of these smaller countries that really can't help themselves, they're buying these countries but not changing the name is what it comes down to. I cannot see Biden or any of the, the Democratic Party actually putting a stop to that or at least making an attempt to. I'm not saying that Trump can stop it. He will at least make an attempt to do that. I, I firmly believe, and Trump has actually said this, that if Biden w- were to be elected, and my thought is he he's not going to stay as the president because he's just not cognitively <coughs> capable of. I think that Kamala Harris would kind of step up, and then uh, we would have a different
0: game. But Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Jace, let me jump in. Adam, what the fuck yeah. are you going to do if
3: Kamala Harris is president, dude? And again, it's the same situation. I, I think they made the— the worst goddamn decision making Joe Biden, the, the nominee. Cause that's just yeah. like, like you took, you took away all the ammo against people like me who want Trump out, but want something better. Like, and to me, that wasn't a very fucking high bar to, to meet And they,
1: <laughs> they basically right? said, you had all, you got all,
3: right you, said, Chase, you got all this division in the country right now. I gonna get back to what you said, Chase, but y'all this division in the country right now, it would have been, Pretty easy to pick somebody that, you know, all the Democrats can get behind. But, no, you got to pick somebody that – anyway. I can't yeah. believe they didn't We're go with Tulsi
0: Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, woman. Yeah. She's a woman of color, serves in the damn military. She's articulate, intelligent. Yeah, 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 yeah. She so, she like Bernie. I thought you – I think she'd have an in with you, Adam. You know, she was a Bernie,
3: Bernie person. She was okay. Um <laughs> – but thanks. I got, I got a question for you. So, sure, and, sure. and Jeff and probably Vinny too, but so what do you guys think about like Trump's always floating these ideas of running for more than 4 years, more than two terms. And he obviously demonstrates that he idolizes strong men like Kim Jong-il and Vladimir Putin and he he finds strength in that. Like he wants to be an autocrat. Like he looks up to those guys. Do you guys have any fear that he wants to have. He would like to be a dictator. He would like to no, never no. let go of that power.
0: No, no, no. Vin, Vinny, why, I, why don't why don't you field that question?
3: Right.
2: Okay, no, I think he does it to piss off the media and the rabid left and get their panties in the a <laughs> wad, and they all scream all this other stuff and they distract from things. Bernie, no, I'm sorry, Adam, but. I do not want to live in a socialist communist country where the government controls every aspect of my life. If you want to do that, move move me to me.
1: That, but uh, that's
2: a thing. See, that's why why do you want Bernie? The guy's been a bum till he was 40 and got uh, elected okay. mayor. He was a deadbeat okay. okay. dad. Hang on yeah. a second.
0: If he, uh, that's uh, hang I on, hang on. If you if you get, if you're gonna throw a question at somebody, you gotta let let, let him answer. answer. <laughs> so yeah. all right. Okay. So what was your question, Benny? Well, I've been here
3: quiet to- No,
0: it's fine. So why why Bernie? Is that that the question?
3: Yeah, why okay. Bernie? Adam, why Bernie? Because Bernie has, if you go back and look at it and and really look at what all Bernie's done, he's done like forty years of service, like true service, like all his stuff has been about the community. He's not he's. He doesn't have the personality. He hasn't had a, a bubbling personality, but everything that Bernie does and stands for is about helping people first. And he's been a senator for a long ass time, which I completely agree with you guys about term limits. I think we ha- should have term limits. But Bernie Sanders has, he, he stands for the things that I want. He, he wants to have, you know, the free health care and all that stuff. But it's not the, so like, I don't want the government deciding things for me either. I think we, that's something that gets convoluted when you start talking about communism and socialism and all this other stuff is we have we can define what that is like i think there are certain things and that that should be socialized and i think there should be things that i'm a capitalist oh I, i just remembered something somebody else told me so i'm a socialist when it comes to certain things like healthcare, uh education i think a lot of those things should be socialized but when it comes to my business i'm a capitalist and when it comes to my family, I'm a socialist or I'm a communist, you know, when it comes to different parts of my life, I'm a different thing. So that doesn't mean that we have to have everything all in one bucket. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. So what I'm saying is I don't I don't want the government deciding everything for me either. Like that free, the universal health care. I don't want them deciding who I go to. I would make sure that in the health care that I want, I want to be able to choose my own doctor. I want to be able to go to who I want to go to. I want to be able to have choices. in that. If there's going to be insurance companies, I want to have a choice in that. Like that would be my demand for that to work. And I don't think those are deal breakers. So, so what well, I you, think you sound I mean, like a
0: conservative, Adam. You sound like, a- <clears throat> I know you were a Bernie guys. And uh, I don't know, man, it just really doesn't fucking matter to me at this point. Cause he's not in the race. So, you know, he's no. just not, he's not, not up there. I, I'm very concerned, though. I'm very concerned about about Biden, and I I see the same thing, man. I look at a man who is uh, deteriorating in real time, like seems like every day. And why the Democratic Party hasn't pulled his ass off the ticket is just beyond me. I'm like, you see it. You're progressive. You wanted Bernie, but you see it, Adam. You're like, this is not good. Why would this party leave this man up there? And Kamala oh. Harris, come on! I mean, she's
3: well, she's even pretty damn broke. Pull defeat from victory. Pull pull uh, pull. Uh, what well, they say? Pull defeat from the jaws of victory. Democrats yeah. that. Yeah. Damn, I don't know
1: what yeah.
0: they're
3: thinking.
1: I
2: think, well, I think they really want Kamala in, and she's further left than Bernie, from what I've been reading. So. And then you have Nancy Pelosi. They're all from the same area. She's from California. Nancy Pelosi's from California. Biden, like you said, is just the puppet. He gets inaugurated. A few months later, watch him pull the 25th Amendment and pull him out as incompetent.
0: I guarantee you that's what's going to happen, or he's going to fucking just die. And I hope he doesn't. I'm not wishing that on the man, but he just doesn't look good. He's not going. Why do these old dudes want the highest stress job on the planet, I wouldn't want to run my damn HOA if I was seventy-eight years old. Okay, just right. prop me up in a fucking lawn chair, give me a joint, leave me alone. Okay, I just don't get it.
3: Right. So the short term of this this election that's happening, you know, there's not there's not a lot of great options. You know what I mean? Like people are understanding we're in. You know, it's twenty twenty. It's been hell year. You know, everything's fucked up right now. But what I was trying to get at before when we got cut off was like, how do we, how do we cure this divide that's happening in our country right now? Beyond who's in the presidency and who's got control of the Senate and Republicans and Democrats and all that stuff, the divide that I'm seeing right now and experiencing right now is it's probably the scariest thing for me right now. Like, I have yeah. family members that don't want to talk to me. Really, yeah. Just because they know I'm not a Trump supporter, and
1: why do
0: you think that is?
3: I I, I don't know. I, the that's the thing that scares me the most is like why can't we just have sit down like we're doing right now, have a civil conversation about it? And you know, you can get upset and you can voice your opinion and you can say you know this is the way I feel about things, but. I think the problem is it's gotten personal somehow. You know, it's, it's, that's what I was saying. Like, I think Trump took that cult of personality to the next level where that's, it's, it's like, if you attack Trump, it's, you're attacking part of my family. You're attacking part of me because that's part of my identity. And that's the only thing I can really come up with. But how can we, how can we, bridge that divide well you know this this gets
0: to the root of a lot of social unrest it comes down to fictional identity you use you Mm -hmm. know a great word you were going in a great direction you're personifying i'm personifying this is my team and anything you say against my team i'm personifying it my team is me if you're talking shit about my team you're talking shit about me man yeah. And it's not just the right, it's the fucking left. I'm in the middle yeah. of the road laughing at everybody, kind of just shaking my head, because I think we're it, it's like we're fucked 2020. But that's really what's going on. I mean, people are living these fictional identities. They they think they're their body, they think they're their skin, they think they're their their political party. And I don't know how psychologically we can start to kind of correct that and kind of and, and I mean I, I think it really comes down to having open conversations and say, listen, what do we want? I, I think if you set most Democrats and Republicans down at a table and said, what do you want? What do you need? They're going to say pretty damn similar, if not identical, oftentimes the same thing. I mean, they're going to hit the same points. We want this, this, this. We want quality health care. We want job. We want, you know, lower taxes. Hey, maybe we want smaller government. Maybe we want term limits. But it's just they have – these people just have such radically different approaches, and that comes down to you're picking on me. You're saying something against my team. It's my way or the highway. And it's like, no, man, we we need to get on Team America here. Just saying. And I agree. But I think well, we need to do a, it
3: otherwise for
0: <laughs> – let, let me ask you this, Adam. What do you think is going to happen – Either win, either way, Biden wins or Trump wins. What is the riot situation? What's the cultural climate? Do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Any guess? If Trump wins? If he wins or if Biden wins, I mean, is it going to change how, is it going to stop the riots or are they going to continue? Is it shit going to get worse one way or the other? What do what you think and why? Um, you know,
3: if I, I honestly, don't really know uh, if regardless of who wins, I don't think things are going to end right away. I, I, I think things are going to escalate after the election one way or the other, because the way things are poised right now with that division is if Trump wins, the other, you know, BLM and, and everybody that's against Trump is going to push back even harder. And mm-hmm. if Biden wins, everybody that supports Trump is going to push back harder. And I just see things escalating after the election. Um, Where it ends up, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I don't see why there can't be, like, talks. Like, we've never, we haven't, I I have personally haven't heard anybody saying, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk to, like, we're going to establish some leaders on these groups, and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about, like, how do we, find a middle ground here and how we stop these riots like if the the guy if the people the groups doing the rioting are rioting they want something right that's that should be the point of it is if they're rioting and they're they're doing all these protests they protest them because they want something right well bring them to the table and say well what do you want regardless if that's something ridiculous for them to ask for if you if you don't bring them to the table and say what change do you propose then it's just going to continue forever you know what i mean that's,
0: that's yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that, Vinny. What what do you think?
2: Well, the two groups causing the riots, Antifa, who and BLM, they are Marxist organizations, and it's in their websites. That's what they support. That's what they're trained for. They want Marxism. It's not going to end unless law enforcement or federal law enforcement. What are these mayors, they allow these things to escalate to the point where it's beyond their control now. Governors aren't stepping in at all either. And it's it's on them. If you're 10th Amendment states rights of the president, how could you blame the president when they allowed it to happen and to escalate to the point that it is? Uh, blame the governors, blame the mayors of these states and cities for escalating it. Because, I mean, look at Portland's mayor. These people went to burn down his condo where he lived on his birthday. <laughs> What's that tell you? And he was supporting them big time. They allow this stuff to run amok. And that's all these people want is anarchy and turn this country from a capitalist society, which benefited a lot of people, not only here, but around the world. If one for this country, a lot of these other countries, it would still be piss poor.
3: Yeah, No doubt. And,
2: uh, they want to turn this into there instead of going to live there and seeing what it's like in reality. Because uh, BLM saying Black Knives Matter, but their founders, admittedly, since there was a trained Marxist, Antifa is using more fascist tactics than the stuff they're against. So, uh, again, these people are radicals and they're not going to stop. Do you think unless you know do you
0: think the election's gonna make a difference? Comes and, do you that? think the election is gonna make what? a difference one way or the other? Who wins?
2: No, because when the these people don't get what they want from the Biden crew, then guess what? They'll be or some rogue cop does something again and causes something, they'll be back out on the streets. Yeah. And it's not against law enforcement. These guys are under stress all the time. I mean you, you never hear about the good law enforcement does. It's always this one guy choked somebody who was either foaming at the mouth from fentanyl or the one guy that you know this other guy in Kenosha. I mean there's there's rogue incidents and it how does it go from what should have been handled at the local level to a nationwide uh look at what it's done. You you got your sports protesters and and all this, they're not gonna play. I mean Personally, these people are making millions of dollars a year. They could afford not to play. And then (laughs) probably a lot of people are getting pissed off that don't even want to watch them anymore.
0: Yeah, that's for sure, man. I don't watch that shit. It's one of those
2: things that That – I mean, it's just – I mean, even NASCAR, which used to be – is turning uh, woke. Oh, we can't do this and this and this and this. How's that going to affect do, your show,
0: Vinny? Vinny, how's, how's NASCAR? How's this shit with NASCAR going to affect your show? You do Garage Talk Live. You talk NASCAR. I mean, is that going to be an issue?
2: I talk I talk motorsports and entertainment, so I can talk anything <laughs> I like.
0: So you can tell NASCAR to kiss your ass. Is that what you're saying unofficially? Yeah, I mean – I don't. I,
2: I could if I want, but you know, I talk about the races and the competition. Right. But you're uh,
0: not saying kiss your ass, but you yeah. could. You bring, could uh,
2: bring on drivers that want to come on and that kind of thing. Or there's other things I want to talk about, like I have, like you on when you were playing Dale Earnhardt or Colonel Sanders and things like that. I try to stay away from the political discussions because I don't want to get into arguments because you're going to get some. Strong-minded people that have their own way. I'd like to go to a comedy show, but darn, what am I going to say? that ain't going to offend somebody. See,
0: that's what I love about our show, though, because we do comedy, and we say offensive stuff, and we talk politics, but nobody seems to want to kill anybody. So it's kind of cool. Chase, what's your thought, dude? Uh, man, it, it's unfortunate because
5: there's just so much that needs to be changed, uh, like we were talking about we need to get money out of politics and uh Adam to kind of chime back in on what what your question was earlier do I am I afraid that Trump is going to uh to kind of con- continue to be president let's say he gets elected again I, I don't see that I kind of agree with Vinny uh, I just don't think that's his personality I see that he's not taking uh the salary of a president he's actually donating that so Uh, That's something that I I actually really respect the crap out of is he's not actually taking donations. He's giving his salary away uh, to different things. And so that's something I respect. I I will say that I wish there was an alternate uh, Republican candidate. Um, But we have the the two that we have. We have uh, Biden and Trump. So there's just so much when it comes down to it. There's we need to come together as a society. And I think Adam, you hit it right on the head with identity. Everybody is either red or blue and we're not looking at, we're all actually neither of those. We're, we're human. We're not Democrat. We're not Republican. We're not progressive. We're human. I'm Chase, Jeff, Adam, you are who you are. And until we start to really come together as, as humans, And not see color, not see race, all these other things and look at again, you're talking about priorities. We come together as a society and say, these are the issues that are important. Healthcare, we need reform here. Sure, we need some kind of reform. And there's been police officers that have even come out and said, yes, in our departments, there needs to be some kind of change. Mm -hmm. And I'm big in getting rid of, uh, of the, uh, unions. Amen. They, they, that's, I think that's, we want to start really seeing change. Let's get rid of unions. And there's, uh, there's a lot that can be said with, uh, how, how the unions are actually keeping corrupt cops or corrupt anything, teachers, whatever, uh, -hmm. in, in positions of power or in their, in their current position. So there's just, again, there's not one easy solution To to fix everything, but there are, I think, easy things that can be achieved, but can we, the people, come together and fight against corruption in our government, corruption in corporations, and can we come together and say, hey, we've had enough, we want change, and here's the other thing is actually have ideas for those changes because I I see so many of these movements, whether it's the Antifa BLM or the me too movement or whatever, there's all these different movements that, that arise and they say we want change, but they cannot articulate, well, here's, here's what we want. And here's how we suggest achieving that. Let's come (laughs) together. and, And like you're talking about, let's sit down at a round table and talk those things out. Instead of going out and, and burning and rioting and those kinds of things. And I think that it, doing it in a logical way. And, uh, for example, with the, the Me Too movement, all right, here's, here's what your argument is. Let's, here's your evidence. For me, as, a, as a, I try to look at myself as a logical person. If I see someone who is dressed in a vagina costume, I'm not going to take you seriously. I don't care what your cause <laughs> is. I'm just not going to take oh, you come seriously. Come on. <laughs> and if, if you are saying that black lives matter, but you're out burning buildings down, destroying businesses of black uh, – of, of someone who is a black business owner, I can't take you seriously. And so if you want to protest, that's totally fine. That's, that's part of your right as an American – you can go out and peacefully protest something. But when you cross that line into you're not bringing any data or statistics and you're not open to reason, then that's where the issue for me is. And that's where I can't get behind it. Do I believe that black lives matter? Yes. But I believe that all lives matter. All life matters. If you want to bring in the the environment, nature and all those other things and, Let's let's look at the money trails. And so let's look at, all right, people are donating to this organization. Well, it's actually going straight to the Democratic Party. So it's actually not helping black lives. And so getting behind all these things and kind of looking at at what what the money trail is, what do people actually believe? I think it starts with coming together as as humans and putting aside emotion. I think we're too emotionally driven. I'm not saying get rid of it all the way, but Mm -hmm. at least bring in statistics and data and logic.
0: Man, that's great, dude. That is, you know what? It's so funny to listen to you guys. And I'm, I'm in the damn conversation with you. I'm one of the guys, but it's just neat. You don't see this conversation or this kind of dialogue on CNN or Fox or on social media. You don't see it on people's Facebook pages where they're ripping each other a new one. You know, you don't see civility. You don't see people exchanging ideas like you do right now. That's pretty damn amazing. And it kind of gives me some hope that, you know, if we get, uh, we get some halfway intelligent, emotionally stable people together and maybe perhaps get them elected to, uh, political positions, Maybe, just maybe we might have some hope for this crazy ass country we're living in. Uh, well, I Jeff, think maybe you need to start your
5: own, uh, your own news station. I think that's uh, kind of, I'll, I'll finish off with this. I think the the media and you look at the corporation, the money trail in that it, it's all owned by the same people and they're all pushing the, the phrase, the agenda. And if we, if we eliminate that and, and eliminate the fear and, just, uh, well, this person's doing this bad, so you don't need to vote for them, but our person's doing this and it's great. Well, they're all lies. They're all, everybody's doing bad shit and everybody's not doing great things. So th- it's just, if we had truth in reporting, I think that would also help this the situation.
0: Hey man, I just want two candidates that we're not arguing back and forth at who sucks the worst. I want two candidates <laughs> that we actually are arguing who's the actual fucking greater of the two. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think,
1: uh,
0: 100%. I think we'll start to, to, to wind this, uh, this show down, man. I think it's been a good episode. I want to get final thoughts from everybody and then I'll, I'll kick this mule on home. Adam, what's your uh, final thoughts on anything we talked about or just anything you want to get off your chest?
3: Um, final thoughts would be, first of all, thank you guys for having the conversation and listening to me rant a little bit about things that I believe in my crazy little head. Um, But, you know, I I got a quote here from Einstein that really stuck with me. Um, And I try to think about this a lot. And that is uh, the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe. And that comes down to talking about fear, what motivates us, is it motivation out of a friendly universe or motivation of a hostile universe? And you know, fear can be a a, a great motivator, uh, both in a positive and negative way. You know what I mean? But oh yeah, I think that takes we gotta we gotta be careful about that too because we make some bad decisions out of fear too. Um, so I, I just really appreciate having the opportunity to have this conversation because I think this is kind of where it starts and filling that the bridge in that gap of like information because if we live in these echo chambers which we tend to do uh we're never going to make any progress whatsoever we're just going to keep on living in our own little cycles and it, it's we got to we got to be able to break out of that
0: 100 percent, man 100 percent it reminds what you're saying reminded me. Fear disguised as practicality. Fear yeah. disguised as practicality. We gotta we gotta avoid practicality. We gotta avoid that fear. And uh w- would you come back and play with us some more, Adam?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It was a great time. Okay.
0: All right. I just want to check with you because I loved having you. I think you you're brilliant. Yeah. You bring a, a, a cool flavor to the pot, man. <laughs> I love it. So I'm glad I'm glad you decided to come on man and it's just been a privilege to have you. Very what you think man? Final thoughts.
2: Final thoughts. I'm um, with Chase. Get rid of unions and schools, government employees. <laughs> let's let's get rid of schools.
1: Like, yeah, a lot
0: of kids just cheered no, there. Not,
2: not, yeah, not, not, I'm talking about the, the the unions, the teachers' unions, government workers' unions. What the frig do we need them for? Duplicitous bureaucracies from the state and federal level. That would save a ton of cash, wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I mean, I think then... Uh, it's just one of those things that there's a lot of stuff that can be cut. And uh, the more of that you get rid of, the less you'll need lobbyists.
0: Agreed. 100%. Chase, you got any final thoughts, my man on spirituality, on politics? on uh, whatever? Well,
5: First, I'll say that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Thank I'll you. make that <laughs> noted. At the, um,
0: at the end of the day, he did not kill himself. <laughs>
5: Adam, yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Um, very much appreciate your viewpoints. And uh, I, I like to second your thought process on on fear. And it, it, to me, it comes down to fear love. is, and, it, and to me, it kind of comes to what defines you. It, it, and, you know, what's your purpose in life? Is it to sp- you're either really spreading fear, or spreading love. There's a few other things, but I think it kind of, I'll just say for all intents purposes right now, it comes down to those two things. Mm-hmm. And if you're spreading fear, you're actually not actually helping anybody. And if you start to try to just spread love, Bob Marley, love is my religion kind of thing, silly as it sounds, but there's actually some big validity to that. And if if we were all out to help each other, that whole kindness rule of life, things would be a lot different. And I think if if we did what we're doing now, if if more people did this, then I think we would find that we're actually – we say we're on two different teams, red versus blue, Democrat versus Republican, but I think we're actually seeking a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. We just can't articulate that or we're too stubborn or closed-minded to sit down with someone who has maybe a different thought process than we do and hear them out. And not just hear to to respond, but actually hear – to listen and and understand and who they are and why they believe what they believe, because there there's reasons lot, why people believe things, and if we can hear that, then we would have maybe a better understanding and a better uh picture a uh, better response and I think things would would be able to we more progress could be made uh, with better conversations like that so i I just wish people could spread more love, fear less and uh, spread kindness.
1: Yeah, man.
3: <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with all of us. That's where the That's where the magic happens. That's where the change begins in, with all of us. Well, panel, I appreciate everybody's contributions and, and your time. This has been an incredible ex- and excellent episode. And if people are still listening to this podcast at this point, you and a true (laughs) tsl fan Uh, i'm gonna have to hook you up with a free t-shirt just holler at me well thanks a lot guys remember love everybody be kind to everybody don't cheat yourself treat yourself put the damn glasses on see things for what they are not for what you want them to be because they still live kick this goat Vinny.